Anakin. Across the Galaxy, Episode 2, we are talking Star Wars here on Get Into Geek. My name is Mitch, and joining me, uh, I was going to throw you over with a like a, some kind of weird Star Wars name and just say Darth, and I had nothing to follow that up with. But uh, I mean, but, whatever you were going to say, I was just going to respond with, hello there. Yeah, either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like Maddie Kenobi or something terrible. But anyway, yeah, we're back. Look, uh, we did our first episode of Across the Galaxy. Uh, Star Wars Celebration Weekend, the eve of Obi-Wan Kenobi premiering. And we really wanted to jump back in and record our thoughts on those first two episodes, cover the rest of the weekend's worth of news. And we just haven't been able to find the time until now, uh, post-episode three. And there's even more news coming out, but I fear that... For the time that we have, we're probably only going to want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So maybe we save all the news chat and all the other shows that are coming out and the casting around it and release dates and posters and any kind of reveal that we've had. Toys even. You sent through a very exciting lightsaber. It's not even a toy. How dare I even call it a toy? <laughs> a uh, What do we call that? It's a, rep- a collectible. A collectible. It's a collectible. That uh, all of us are very excited about um, coming from uh, the wonderful place that is Galaxy's Edge. But that might all have to wait until our next episode because I think especially post episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, we got some things to talk about. Uh, I after think those you know, first three. the OCD in me kind of likes that because it's like we did we did like an episode zero before we'd seen anything. Mm-hmm. Now we're just gonna check in like midway point. And then we can check in again after the finale. I kind of, you know? I like it. And, you know, the first two episodes premiered together. So, you know, you want to think, oh, well, this is how Disney wants you to watch it. But then mm. after that, and it would have been a nice way to to catch up that sort of Anakin and uh, and then Darth in his tank. And But I think, too, after episode three, it's also a nice point to sort of wrap up everything because... For me, that uh, I, I actually really dug, if we're just jumping straight in, I, I really, really enjoyed the first episode. The second one, not so much. It sort of just, you know, dragged on a little bit. It was sort of a chase for no reason. And then, you know, it ended and a big cliffhanger tease with the Darth Vader thing. So it was good to, I guess, come back in to record today, having had episode three there as a nice um, bookend um, from where we started uh, with uh, you know Obi Wan lost in the desert in Episode One, to he's already faced off with Darth Vader. Who would have thought we would have got that after yeah. just three episodes? So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking it so far overall. Yes, two thumbs up. Second episode, uh, a little bit of a drag for me, but um, you know, other than that, I'm, I'm not complaining about getting an entire series dedicated to Obi Wan. And Absolutely. we finally find out what justifies not only giving him his own series, but dragging him away from Tatooine for the first time in a 20 year period. Which, can we just say, hallelujah, it's not taking place on Tatooine the entire yeah. time. I think that's great. It's, it, yeah, it's definitely not what I was expecting. The trailers definitely sort of gave me a very different kind of vibe. I think it's great, given that, you know, if if they'd spent all six episodes of of the show running around, like um, Inquisitors running around Tatooine chasing Obi-Wan, mm. all that's doing is just putting it heat on Luke. And obviously then really makes it hard to sort of believe that they didn't give it, given that he's running around as Luke Skywalker on Tatooine (laughs) and we know Vader's involved now. It's like, it would be really hard to believe that, you know, he wouldn't given that, you know, um, as Anakin, he went there, like he's been there. He's, you know, he buried his mum. He did all that kind of stuff there. So it's like, 
for him not to check that out while he was there even i know yeah. you know there's very much you know vader killed anakin and he's a very different person now but um yeah it would have been hard to believe so i wasn't expecting this much layer but i'm loving it mm. and it is i know the internet's angry about it but i kind of love the idea that it's making me reevaluate everything i thought i knew yeah and i feel like star wars has always done that like when the prequels came out as much as some of the stuff you're like, oh, did did Anakin really need to be the one to build C-3PO? But at the mm. end of the day, did that really ruin anything? No. No. But it's like to then find out about, you know, who's the master of which Padawan and, and you know, that kind of stuff and, and finding out all those little things that sort of, oh, that's not what I thought I knew. So this is doing the very same thing. It's going, okay, you know, we always thought Leia never really knew. Obi-Wan and everyone mm. sort of is at the moment is citing the, you know, her, her iconic hologram message. And I was like, yeah, I guess it is quite formal. And, and then for the, for after the first two episodes, I was like, okay, well he's, he's calling himself Ben. So, you know, maybe little tiny 10 year old Leia only knows Ben and in her mind, like maybe uh, Bail Organa never kind of connected the dots for her in the same way. Kenobi didn't do it for Luke until he, after he was dead. It's like maybe Bale never let her realize that Ben the Jedi and General Kenobi were the same person. Mm. There's no way she would, she would know that. But I did. It did actually make me go back and watch A New Hope, and there's actually a moment um, as with that with that classic um, "You're a little short for a Jedi, a uh, little short for a stormtrooper" line when Luke saves Leia. He goes, "No, no, I'm here with the rebellion. I'm here with Ben Kenobi." And she goes, "Ben Kenobi, let's go." Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. So knowing that line now and in context with this, it's like, okay, cool. They they knew each other. Like, mm. And then people have, you know, said, oh, okay, well, in, in The New Hope, she didn't really mourn Ben's loss. But we don't really see that whole scene. All you see is Luke being very sulky um, and her sort of comforting him and saying, well, there's nothing you could have done. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's like, well, Luke has, as much as he's had... In, in a way, a harder life, being the farm boy, he's never experienced loss. So it's like, you know, it was only a couple of days ago he lost his adoptive parents. Yeah. And, you know, ran away with this space wizard. And now this space wizard, who was best friends with his dad, is dead. And, and he, promised he, him sort of this, you know, greater understanding of uh, of the world, which he touches on in episode, what, one, when he, when he speaks to... Um, uh, Owen Lars, he's like, hey, he's got to know, Luke's got to know there's a whole galaxy out there. Like, he can't stay here. He's got to learn things. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Whereas whereas Leia, it's kind of been established through, like, Rebels and stuff like that. It's like, well, she was working with the Rebellion from, like, 15. Mm. Um, she's just seen her entire planet get destroyed, you know, a day beforehand. So it's like, I guess, in her, she's got so much more going on. It's like the death of one man isn't a lot. And given that she's worked in the Rebellion... She's used. To, I feel like Leia's almost more used to loss. Yeah, you know she can deal with death and loss in a in a more mature capacity than Luke can because of their upbringings. So I think it's great. It's it's adding all these extra layers to stuff, yeah. which I love. It's just such a it like it took off really quickly after episodes one and two. Like the online narrative that oh well they're fucking with canon and. You know, I sent you something this morning and, you know, we'll quickly read it out. We don't want to just go on about what different people are thinking online because it's Twitter and, you know, it can be absolutely oh, awful. I hate but, Twitter. It's just a hate box. But when the, when the online narrative, the popular narrative is, oh, well, this show is 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 messing with canon and it's it's changing up the history of what we know, blah, blah, blah. There's this uh, account. I don't even need to name and shame and it's just no. layer. 
are you my real father, Obi-Wan? I wish I could say I was. And then the person's actual thought. For me, this is the worst line in Obi-Wan. It's proof that the writers don't understand what came before. It suggests he had a thing for Padme, and therefore Anakin was right and justified. What the fuck? And it's like, my first thought was, no, it wasn't. I'm an idiot, and I understood what he meant by going, well, he wish he could give this young girl who knows that she's adopted, who knows that she doesn't live with her real parents and doesn't know anything about them, has never known anything about them, and he wishes he could give her a simple answer. Um, He wishes that he could give her everything that he feels guilty for taking away by failing Anakin. Yeah, yeah. There's so it's, much there. Like it's so many layers to what yeah. he said, and none of them are, are what she that the, no the, nothing. That tweet was, none of it has to do with any feelings. <laughs> like, like I said to you, like Satine's dead body is like excuse the fuck yeah. me. <laughs> what? What's this about Padme? Yeah, he nah, wasn't allowed nah, to love man. anyone, but uh, he just did decide to maybe have a thing for me. I was the one. Thank you very much. Yeah. But there's just I th- I think when yeah the popular narrative at the moment is they're messing with canon people are looking for reasons to not be happy with what's going on Mate. and the fact like this you you just pointed out the layer thing doesn't break canon it adds to it maybe stretches some stuff but it doesn't it doesn't break shit it just makes you yeah. maybe look at like you said the a new original, hope in a different light the original children broke canon when you know Obi-Wan first said and a Darth Vader betrayed and killed your father. Yeah, yeah, Turns yeah. out, same guy. Like, yeah. it's been happening from the start. Just roll with it. I remember when Clone Wars first came out, the vitriol and hate for Ahsoka Tano. Mm. They're like... I think even it was even before Mary Sue was a thing. People were calling her a Mary Sue and being like, Anakin never had a Padawan. That's fucking ridiculous. And to be fair, Ahsoka Tano, for the first two seasons of Clone Wars... The most annoying character you've ever met. <laughs> her calling Anakin Sky Guy, Sky Guy calling her Snips was like, Ugh. cut to like <laughs> season three when Dave Filoni realized it's grown ass men like us watching it, not 10 year old kids, you know, aged her up a little bit because time had passed. Ahsoka Tano is now one of the most beloved fucking mm. characters in the entire Star Wars franchise. Like, people are just diehard fans of Ahsoka Tano. So you just yeah. got to give it time, give it breathing yeah. room. Like- I think Star Wars, maybe more than any other franchise that I can think of on the top of my head, suffers the most from immediacy bias and that, or, or rather suffers the most from hindsight, you know, respect in a way where like the prequels, everyone has sort of realized the last couple of years that only through getting the sequel trilogy to people forgive the prequel trilogy. And that's not yeah. to say that the sequel movies are like abominations of cinema and that, that the prequels by uh, comparison are masterpieces. But I think at the time, Generally speaking, people are like, well, the prequels, that's the last Star Wars we're ever going to get. And, oh, yeah, mm. it wasn't as good as the original trilogy. Well, okay, by that definition, we hate them. And then we get more stuff. Okay, we got the Clone Wars along the way, but then Disney buy it and they yeah. start making a movie Clone every Wars year also with their plan. helped what the prequel trilogy sort of had to skip over. Yeah, it yeah. helped breathe, you know, give life to all that and breathe out a little bit and, and add extra gra- gravitas. Yeah, and you to... can forgive the shortcomings of the prequels, like with the yeah. maybe the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin because they explore so much of it in The Clone Wars that if you are a hardcore fan that wants to sit down and watch, you know, every bit of the mythology, then that part of the of their relationship of the history of the of the mythology, whatever, is there for you to see there. I understand if you only want to watch the films uh, that it still does lack a little bit and all that sort of gear. But right now, 
you know what? We're watching Obi-Wan on, on TV. We're about to watch Ahsoka next year. We've got Mandalorian Season 3 coming out. I, I think kind of we're gone from the days of... And before I say that, it's happening to Marvel at the moment where you know I'm seeing online people whinging about the fact that they have to have watched WandaVision to go and properly understand Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And it's like, yeah, I get what you mean that you have to watch a TV show, but it's also just kind of like an extended movie that's available yeah. for you at home whenever you wanted to watch it, right? So the idea that yeah. you go, oh, I can't believe I have to watch WandaVision to watch Doctor Strange. It's like, yeah, but to also understand Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, you've got to have seen Age of Ultron. You've got to have seen Doctor Strange 1. You've got to have seen Civil War, um, Infinity War, and Endgame, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, it's kind of, I think we're done now from going, if I want to watch Doctor Strange 2, I only want to have to have watched Doctor Strange 1. Yeah. Same with Star Wars, right? It's that expansive now. You're kind of running out of excuses. Maybe you will still allow people, as much as you and I might hate it, we will still allow people to shit on the animated stuff. That's what they want to do. Go in your own little corner and say, no, animated Star Wars wouldn't have thought so, even though it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling we've ever got. Absolutely. Um, But if you're going to watch Obi-Wan, you can't complain, or you you only want to watch the movies, you don't want to complain, that oh, well, that doesn't make sense because of Obi-Wan and it's breaking. And it's just like, come on, let's let it breathe because everything Star Wars gets better in our minds with time. I know Last Jedi is divisive, Maybe it will take an extra 10, 15 years for people to (laughs) properly appreciate that movie if it's there to be appreciated. But it's just like, guys, let's calm down with watching Obi-Wan episode two or three or whatever and then jumping online and going, this is the worst thing ever. I can't believe they're breaking canon. I'm going to hate it forever. It's like, just let it simmer for Christ's sake. Of all the things that was wrong with Solo, I don't remember anyone ever saying, oh my God, Solo broke canon because Darth Maul is alive. Mm, mm. You know, it's like, well, if you've watched the cartoons, you'd see a fucking amazing story arc of yeah. him, um, you know, getting his life back. So it's like, you want to. It's funny like that, isn't it? Because we've got, we've, I know we've got mutual friends, and he he doesn't watch the uh, the animated stuff. And and at the end of that film, he didn't get angry. He was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. but he still kind of gave it the benefit of the doubt because it's Star Wars, because it's a bad guy. Oh, that guy never died. Okay, sure, he didn't show up in episodes two or three that are set, you know, 10, 13 years after or whatever, and that he did show up in Solo 20 years after he was supposedly dead, but he was still willing to give it a chance, even though he had absolutely no context to explain mm. the situation. So, yeah, like... I don't know. I, I I respect them for wanting to tell, I guess, such a big story. You know, you were saying, thank God they're not on Tatooine for six episodes, and I absolutely agree, but that would have been the best thing they could have done if they wanted to tell the smallest story possible a so not story. to break the future. You know, it's like, go back if you're going to go back in time, like that Simpsons episode, right? Homer goes back in time to the dinosaurs, and he, wants to, he tries to stand still and not touch anything for the 15 seconds that he's back there before the machine brings him back to the to his present. And that's kind of what this show is trying to do. It's like, well, we're going to go back in time into a period where if we do too much, it's going to change what should have happened in the six movies that we already get after it and the, what, two, three, going on four, five TV series as well that come after, plus the animated stuff. So at this stage, it does fit and it warrants, yeah, like I said at the top, the the answer that we um, were looking for, because the big question going in was, if he does leave Tatooine, what's big enough to get him away from this life mission of looking after Luke? And not only is it Leia, who's his twin, who Bail Organa has to point out, she... And I guess some people would probably refer to it as a woke moment. How dare you refer to his twin sister as being just important as him? But 
absolutely that's right. Like, why would Obi-Wan be so, I guess, naive to assume that the son of Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker would be the only one yeah. to have these powers that he has to monitor and keep an eye on? And as they don't ever really point it out, but you get the idea that Obi-Wan being on Tatooine, staying there within this story is actually drawing more attention. And he will, well, maybe it's not drawing attention, but it will, if he would have stayed there and ignored Bail Organa's um, mission uh, request to, to save his daughter, maybe Luke would have come under trouble because of yeah. the, the Inquisitors there hunting and I, him. So. And I feel like if you don't want to you know, interfere with canon, which seems to be everyone's problem, it's like, well, Luke and Kenobi can have almost no connection whatsoever. Hmm. You know? I mean, Luke is aware of some weird, strange old man in, in A New Hope, you know? Yeah. And when he hears the name Obi-Wan Kenobi, he says, oh, I wonder if I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. Mm. You know, that's it. And it's, yeah, probably, it's probably because Lars has probably told him to stay away from him. Like, mm. as he's gotten older, he's probably said if that, you know, Kenobi fellow ever comes, comes by... If he ever honks in in his in his hover van giving you candy from the back, just just keep on walking, keep on, yeah. you know. So um, so yeah, I think it's inter- It's it makes sense to you know get him off world away from Tatooine. Leia's the only worthwhile reason he would do that, and then yeah, it's ugh, little Leia's adorable. Yeah, like, she's great. She's yeah, so reminds me of um, uh, Scott Lang's daughter in the first yeah. um Ant Man film. Yeah. Very much that. Yeah. Uh, I think I think she's drawing. And God, it annoyed me when everyone was like, God, they could have done a better casting. She looks six. Ten-year-olds don't look like that. The I saw act- that. Oh, you sent that exchange on Twitter. The actress <laughs> the actress herself turned nine the other day. So yeah. she would have been eight when she filmed this. So guess what? Ten-year-olds do look like that because she's fucking ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she, ten-year-olds <laughs> look like that. Well, I, would, I would rather take a little tiny layer... The, the, yeah looks like her and goes so well, like does such a good job than hiring a fucking 14 year old to play 10 mm. and probably not be as good of an actress. Yeah. I'm like, she's so good. And I just want to point out to anyone listening, you had the best uh, reply to that guy who's biting back, going, oh, you kids. And t-. You're like, hey, mate, I'm not the one Googling 10 year old kids. Okay. Yeah, like, literally <laughs> said, Google 10 year old kids yes. and you'll realize they don't look like that. And I'm like, <laughs> Excuse me, what? You've what? just put onto a public forum. Elon Musk is watching you right now, yeah. saying that you've been googling ten-year-old kids yeah, to the see CIA, what they look like. The AFP. Oh. Uh, you're on watch list now, buddy. Come on, mate. And I do have a nearly ten-year-old, and I ain't doing shit like that. So come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and I guess the other side of it is that you know it it you know what even before they announced this series, when it was still like maybe we're going to get an Obi Wan movie. And just the speculation going on with, you know, hardcore fans that this can explain, again, the lines that don't have to mean anything in the original trilogy, but Obi-Wan telling Luke, hey, he's, he's more machine now than man. He's twisted and evil. It's like, how do you know that, like, mm. what he is? How do you know, like, okay, you're a force ghost. Maybe you went and checked on him in the bathroom. But if we're to believe what we have seen, even now, 45 years on from those films being made or whatever, but... Up until that point in the canon, what we are to understand, pre-Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series coming out, is that Obi-Wan took Luke, dropped him off with, with Owen, and, uh, God, what's the auntie's name? Um, Baru? Baru, yeah. Owen uh, with Baru. Owen and Baru. Dropped them off at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and then went and sat in a cave for 19 years until the start of A New Hope. Yeah. That's that's just all he did, and he watched. And uh, it's that fine, yeah. That makes sense for that part of the story. But then when he says to 
to Luke that his dad is more, well, you know, Darth Vader or whatever, whoever he's referring to. I think it was in Jedi, was it? He's more machine now than man. It's like you yeah. have never, until you saw him on the Death Star, and that could have just been some really dark Sith-looking costume. You have no idea what this guy is. Um, and there's like one or two other lines there that, you know, can can be, it can allow a story like Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. And the the fact that it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, I came into it and I said this uh, to you the other day, I, I thought this could have been just named Kenobi because then you don't run into problems with him saying in A New Hope, oh, I've not heard of the name Obi-Wan in a long, long, long time. Mm. And it's like, well, right now, this is 10 years after you used it. And what, in another nine years, you're going to say you haven't heard it in a long time. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have thought so, buddy. But yeah. um, the fact that it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi is more than just a title for me. It's about it's about the person. It's what that name means. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is who he really is. Yeah. And you we're know. seeing him go through this shit. Like, even the battle with, with Vader, and it's crazy we've been talking for as long as we have and not even got to, I guess, the, you know, the most sort of watchable moment almost of the first three episodes. But watching replays and I sent you even just a cool gift the other day and and unless it's just bad choreography I don't think so I want to say that it means something he wasn't ever really trying to kill Darth Vader he's defending himself like he's yeah. still dealing with the fact that this guy is who he who you know he says to him what have you become is I am what you made me and he's having to deal with that like he just found out a day or two ago that this guy was even alive after 10 years thinking he was dead that this yeah. brother of his that he felt like he failed he let slip to the dark side he probably helped push him in a way through his teachings and then he finds out not only he's alive he's actually this dark lord he's behind half this bad shit going around in uh, within the galaxy and he's coming after me to kill me is there anything of him left because I don't know him as Darth Vader I know him as Anakin that's who this guy yeah. is to me and can I possibly still save him all the while trying to block off death shots from Darth Vader with a lightsaber yeah. so plus plus what really sold it for me is in episode two um He's cut himself off from the fall. A, he's out of practice. He hasn't, you mm. know, he's he buried his lightsaber along with Anakin's. So he's out of practice there, but it feels like he's cut himself off from the force as a, as a f way of protecting. Yeah. Like, so that people can't sense him through the force. Because if you look at, you know, those repetitions of, of him going, you know, cutting up that giant sand salmon shark thing, you know, as, yeah. as his daily job... It's like they, they put in little sl snippets of him sneakily using the Force to make his day-to-day -day life easier. And then the thing that really sold it for me is when little Leia fell off the rooftop, it took him a minute to, to get her. Like, yeah. it, it took him a minute to tap into the Force and catch her because he'd, he'd cut himself off from the Force. Mm. So, aside from the fact that he's just trying to survive this onslaught from this you know, giant black robotic demon that houses the, the burnt leftovers of his best friend. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, he's just trying to survive and get away. He's trying to, he's trying to buy time for Leia to get away. Like he's, he's at that point, I read it as he is, he is buying time. He's willing to let himself be killed in the hopes that it gives Leia time to get away. Yeah. Because that is his mission, is to protect the twins. They, I dare say that Jedi would have that sort of, um, I was going to say like a Ronin type mentality where he'd happily sort of fall on his own sword. Like he, he would almost feel like that, that would be justified because of what Anakin's become. He'd rather fall to him, obviously if it meant people getting away. And it would get ripples and, and, and repetition. In another nine years, he very much lets himself be killed. 
or lets himself become one with the force, whatever. He was never actually struck down. What You know what I'm talking about, obviously. Yeah. That And that was to help Luke and Han and Leia get away. Get away. So yeah. it's, that becomes his, that becomes his thing. People are misquoting that line as well because if you if you go back and watch the the scene where Vader and um, Obi Wan meet, it's like yeah, for the last forty five years we thought that's the first time they've met since you know early mm. on, and for the last what 10, 15 years we've thought that's the that's the first time they've seen each other since Mustafar. Mm. But if you listen to the wording, it's very clever. He says, Obi Wan, we meet again at last. When I left you. I was but the learner. Mm. Now I am the master. Mm. Well, he left him in episode three. He yeah. didn't leave him in this episode. It's like when I left you, when we when we separated, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. That's all still true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ad- if- adding this fight in in this episode doesn't doesn't. Well, it probably helps because of that very well. Like he didn't, if if we're to go, oh, well, they didn't ever meet each other, which I don't know that anyone's complaining about this matchup as much as they are with the whole Leia stuff. But even if you are, and there there are definitely people doing that. Oh, yeah. The fight actually helps that because... The idea that he left him. Well, if you just want to take this fight out of out of existence and say that last time they should have met and should have seen each other was on Mustafa, well, he didn't leave him at that stage. He was burning. He was dying until the uh, until the emperor got there. Exactly. So um, Kenobi was the one that left. He's like, I'm going to yeah. steal. I'm going to cut your legs off, steal your lightsaber, and leave while you're on fire. <laughs> take your ship, take your girl, and get out of here. Um, <laughs> for, uh, what do you think? They're meeting again, right before the end of this this series. Like, I I think that. Um, I, I didn't want, as much as we knew that Vader was going to be a part of this, we had a chat off air and thought, they're using Hayden Christensen a lot. I kind of thought, though, that Vader wouldn't appear that much in this series. No. Even the fact, as much as we've got him in episode three, uh, and I don't want the entire rest of it, the, the next three episodes, to be about Vader chasing him. I want it to be about Kenobi and whatever that becomes. It's obviously got a lot to do with Reva as well, uh, and whatever's going on with her, and whether it's yeah, more complicated we, we spent than a her lot of time just being. With her, we need we need some kind of resolution there. Yeah, to, you know, because and... I think I saw something the other day where whoever the because Filoni and and Favreau aren't aren't sort of running this one, so I forget no. whoever it was was the showrunner or the writer director. Someone Deborah Chow is the is the director of the entire series, which she did some of the Mandalorian. So yeah, she's yeah. been a part of it. But yeah, she very much owns the but show. But I think it was either the the writer or the showrunner or whatever it was. Was someone asked them the question? It was like, you you do know the Inquisitor's still alive in in Rebels, right? And they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I think if they're gonna pull a bait and switch like that, we we need some more sort of resolution on that. Yeah. And obviously, we're spending a lot of real estate on Reva. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if she was one of those younglings that we saw in that very, very opening scene from yeah, well, six. That's what I was about to say. I'm, I'm hoping that it's more complicated than that because it, it almost seems too obvious that that would be the case because there is a little black girl, and someone else pointed out that I saw online that that little black girl Jedi is wearing a much more identifiable, like her robes are a little bit darker than everyone else. So she sort of stands out a little bit more as the crowd's running around. And I think she's even the one that says we run before they run away after their, their Jedi master has fallen. So I I hope that it's got something more complicated than her, just like being angry at Obi-Wan for like leaving them to die or to not be there to protect them or something. No, I think, I think there's got to be more given there was that line about the, um, 
the Inquisitors finding her in the gutter, which could have been after she, you know, escaped from the temple after Order 66. But then there was also that moment that um, when she sort of found the little secret underground railroad cave kind of thing, there's a moment where she stopped and stared at like the the rebel uh, Jedi Order symbol that was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's there's got to be something. There's got to be something more. And you know, mm. we're spending a lot of time. No other Inquisitor, as far as I'm aware, has a name even. So the fact that they mm. even give her the name Reaver and she's not just third sister means there's got to be something more going on. So and I'm very interested to find out what that can be. Can I point out something that I noticed the other day? I'm sure whether or not you did, but the posters. Because uh, I actually really like the design of the poster, and when the one with um, Obi Wan's face, sort of you know looking off into the distance, and the the son of Tatooine replaces his left eye, and the silhouette oh, yeah. in the shadow, uh, sorry, the silhouette in the in the sun is Darth Vader, and then you look at uh, oh, I'm trying to think uh, the Inquisitor, right? His face, the silhouette is Obi Wan, and it's like ah, oh, so it's almost like it's everybody's sort of antagonists within their own story. So if Darth Vader has a poster, and I can forget whether he does, Obi-Wan is the silhouette. For um, whichever, is it second brother? Or I don't know, whichever one, the guy with the hat, the Inquisitor fifth? with the hat. Fifth, fifth brother, fifth, right? Fifth brother maybe? Yeah, fifth brother. His person in his eye, Obi-Wan. Reaver's person in her eye is Darth Vader. Interesting. It's the only one that's not as clear-cut like, oh, well, you're a bad guy and you've got the good yeah. guy in your eye, or you're a good guy and you've got the bad guy in your eye. Leia's eye is Darth Vader. So why is Reva, why is her bad guy, why is her antagonist, mm. according to these posters, if they mean anything, but if she's the only one, then we've got to kind of keep an eye on it for a second. Why is her Darth Vader? I don't want to say, oh, well, this is, it's been a long con and she's done all this to try and take, you know, revenge on Anakin, blah, 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 because you'd think that he would be able to feel that she's full of shit. And Yeah, I don't want to, like, a, them trying to do a take two on what they tried to do with um, Kylo Ren Ben Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And try, sure. you know, you know go, well, it's a good idea. Here's take two. Here's, here's the second pancake to see if yeah. we can fuck this one up. Yeah. So that remains to be seen. Yeah, the, the Inquisitor thing. And I, I get why. I mean, we were just as confused after episode two that um, mm. the Grand Inquisitor took a, a, a lightsaber to the gut. And, uh, and and as you pointed out, very similar to the way that we're seeing in the previously on and in Obi-Wan's multiple dream sequences that his master Qui-Gon actually definitely definitively died from. Plus, that's how Han Solo went out too. Yep. So yep. Only if you're a good guy do you die by getting a blade in the gut. Darth Maul cut in half? No, no problem. And Grand nice. Inquisitor obviously will be able to heal, but it's like, if he doesn't... And, okay, if that's one thing. If the writers have said that, then it's like, okay, good. Well, he, he's going to come back. And the idea that... At the start of episode three, Reeve is talking to Darth Vader about Obi-Wan and says he will pay for what he did to the Grand Inquisitor. So she's already, obvi- and obviously that was going to be the case, she's never going to own up to it, even though they're Sith mm. and they're supposed to be, well, she's not, but they're designed to sort of, you know, strive for power and, and take uh, take over one another. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see where that goes because I don't subscribe to any of the stupid hate that was being thrown at the actress, even for her performance or or for if it got any worse with, you know, um, sexism or racism or anything like that. But I, I wasn't a big fan of, I don't know, probably her angst more so in, in episode one where she yeah. just, she really stood out from, the I guess, from, from Fifth Brother and the Grand Inquisitor and indefinitely what, I mean, Darth Vader is very angry and even said to that, that line at the start of episode three, the Grand Inquisitor doesn't mean anything anymore. Kenobi is the only thing that matters. Yeah, I don't know. I just found her sort of outbursts a little bit un... 
uninquisitor-like or undarkside-like or unsith-like sort of thing. Yeah, it like was... I like I like the brutality of her in that, like when you first meet her and she's just like she's sick of the inquisitor talking, talking, yeah. talking. So she throws the knife that then the the young Jedi has to stop. That was a really cool moment. Yeah, cutting off that chick's hand just for speaking out of yes. turn. Yes, brutal. Yeah, I mean, getting up in Owen's face. I think it really just had to do with the staging and the intercutting. I think yep. that could have actually saved that because that was a little bit undercut. And yeah, some of, some of her choices aren't great, but she's a fucking like Yale educator. Like she went to like Yale drama school mm. or some shit like that. So I'm just like, you know what? Give yeah. give her a chance. Yeah. Like in the, in the same way, Sokotano was hated for her first two seasons, and then yeah. you know, give her a chance to find her feet. It might all make sense once we find out what her actual deal is. Like yeah. it might all all click in. It's it's like I forget which show it is that that made it a great analogy. It's like if you walk in the middle of open heart surgery, you're gonna be like. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? The heart goes on the inside. You're in. Insa- <laughs> this is this is the most amateurish bullshit I've ever seen. And the doctor's gonna be like, "Dude, we're only halfway through. Yeah, relax. Yeah, it's it's all part of the plan. <laughs> so I'm the same. Until we get to the end of episode six, that's when I'll I'll decide whether or not I think Reva was a waste of a character or not. But it's like in the meantime, just chill, just chill, just let it happen. Enjoy the story, absorb it. And then figure it out at the end. And even before we get all of that, I, I thought in episode three, she was a lot better to the point where I understood her more and even probably understood a little bit more about her actions, decisions, outbursts even from episodes one and two were justified because of how she was in uh, in episode three. And I like the power play between her and fifth brother and that scene. And I, I kind of just want to get to the the absolute, you know, the, the dessert of the meal now and just talk about Darth Vader because how can we not? I, I think, and it's, you know, I don't want to sound um, uh, sacrilegious to the original trilogy or anything because, you know, that still reigns supreme and all that sort of shit. But I, I think in the limited time we do see Darth Vader in this, he couldn't be better with what with what they're doing with him. And he's arguably more intimidating than he has ever been before. And I would have said that after that first scene where all he is doing is sitting down talking to a hologram mm. across the other side of the galaxy to Reva and the booming voice of James L. Jones. Now, I'm still waiting on them to come out and say, just like they did with Luke Skywalker's voice in uh, his episode in Boba Fett, it's actually not Mark Hamill. It's a computerized version that's sort of like an AI, you know, figuring out what a, yeah. a then uh, appropriate aged Mark Hamill would sound like post Jedi, pre Force Awakens sort of era. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for the same thing uh, with he James L. Jones. Very different to the way he did when James L. Jones reprised him for Rebels. Yeah, that was six years. Yeah, that was six years ago, and yeah. and then when he did it in yeah in Rebels as well, like it it. And he, he, the guy's like early 90s now. He should sound old. No one's accusing exactly. him of not sounding... And uh, you know what? He's not going to be around forever. And yeah, if they but do... That, can but plan that Vader on, voice was perfect. Yeah, if they plan on keeping Vader as a character to use in and out of stories revolving around that sort of 20, 25-year reign of the Empire, they've got to figure out a way to have a soundboard, right? And you know, while they're at it, get Morgan Freeman recorded, get David Attenborough recorded, get <laughs> a whole bunch of other great voices out there recorded. Um, but he sounded excellent. So whatever they've done, um, whether it's yeah. him 100% or they've tweaked it a lot, I don't care. It sounds great. He looks great the way that he's shot, that scene where he's walking through the town, strangling a father midair and then breaks the neck of the kid that comes out to save his dad Mm. and does all of that 
brutalizing a town, looking for Obi-Wan, hoping that through this brutality, these actions, Obi-Wan will be drawn out of hiding to try yeah. and help them protect Real- them. Realizing that none of those people can give him what he wants. Yeah. So he's just brutalizing it, just like, just baiting Obi-Wan's yeah. sympathy and compassion for these people. Like, just dragging that person along the street. Yeah. Just for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I still, I still kind of think... And you know I'm not a huge fan of Rogue One, but I still think that scene of him in the hallway of Rogue One I think is probably better. Mm. But only because as a viewer, I probably have more of an emotional connection to that because it's like, it looks like episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, episode four. Like it looks like, you know, because it is that corridor leading up to Leia's Tantive Four ship. So it's like, they're all wearing those silly bucket helmets. Like it, it's the scene that I wanted in episode four when we first yeah. when we first meet Vader. So I think that sort of connects to me more. But as I have time to sort of process this and absorb it into Vader, it's like it is such a brutal scene. Yeah. And, and just it the really choice makes of... you understand why Vader was so feared. Like yeah. in, in, yeah. in episode four you don't see a lot of why he's feared. Um I guess I guess back then it was like him force choking that the guy at the at the conference table mm. was like, well, that's the most amazing thing we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but now, forty five years later, we've seen some force wielders do some pretty wild things. So it's like you've got to up the ante, but still, you know, ride that line of mm. you know when we when we're seeing prequel stuff. So I think I think they did a fantastic job. And I think my favorite choice of that scene was the fact that he didn't say anything. He yes. didn't walk through. He didn't say anything to the to the villagers. He didn't say anything to the inquisitors, and he didn't say anything yelling out to to Obi Wan, or he didn't didn't do a Darth Maul and just like Kenobi or yeah. anything crazy like that. He said nothing, and to me, was very much a a horror movie villain. He was a Michael Myers. He was a Jason Voorhees. I mean, but but unleashed. It was almost like the Inquisitors yeah. dragged out this this slasher killer well, that, and took the took the um the collar off and just said go. Yeah. Well, that um that respirator sound of his is the most iconic thing about him. Yeah. So it's like that that sound just puts terror in you. So it's mm. like to just have his his respirator sound. That's all you need. That's, and that's perfect. That following on from the the, the sort of um, interchanging opening scene where it's Obi Wan just thinking about him, and then it cuts back to you know him being pulled out of the tank, and then like his mechanical arms and legs being attached, and his mm. breathing plate put on, and the helmet going down, and and you're looking at this guy, and like we've always known that, and the, the, again the more machine than man line is there, but. We're truly seeing, and with the the score was really good in that scene at the start, where you like looking at this guy, and maybe for not the first time ever, but for the most that we've ever seen, this guy is evil incarnate to the point where this is he's being kept alive just to do bad things. Like this guy mm. should have been dead ten years ago. All of his injuries and everything that keeps him alive. If he was not kept in this tank every now and again and if he wasn't hooked up to these apparatuses he would still be have been dead a year ago five years ago whatever he's being kept alive because of the power that he holds just to do bad things and to spread fear and all the while i'm watching him do this stuff and i'm like he's not even the baddest guy out there he's got a boss this bloke and we don't even have to mention that he's got a boss because this is the guy that matters so i you know it's always a gamble for me if you're going to bring darth vader back that you do it right because, you know, and even with Rogue One, he was brought back to be evil. This, he's brought back to be a sympathetic character in many ways because we're watching him 
while Obi-Wan is talking about him and thinking about him as Anakin Skywalker. Rogue One, we don't get that. He is just this weapon from yeah. the Empire. And even when he's dealing with the likes of Ben Mendelsohn's character, he's being talked about as a tool of the Emperor. Whereas in this, every word he says, you you know, I am what you made me. That's Anakin saying that. That's a, that's a destroyed, hurt, depressed little boy stuck in a grown-up's body who's been burnt to shit and betrayed by everybody he thought loved him and that he loved. And I think somehow... Because I, I never, ever wanted that to happen to Darth Vader. I kind of want to always see Darth Vader as this evil bad guy, and I never wanted him just... I never wanted to think of him as... Oh, you're just someone that was lied to when you were a teenager, and that sent you mm. down a bad path. But somehow in this episode, again, in minimal screen time, we're getting uh, a, a great mix of this hurt, you know, teenager, early 20s guy. Okay, I know he's older than that here, but, like, that's still the mindset that he holds. And this evil figure that is just a robot mask and a breathing apparatus with a red lightsaber so yeah i think as far as gambles go they absolutely nailed the vader thing and yeah i'm 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 digging the the story where it fits in the canon not how it breaks canon but how they can make it fit without destroying the future and we're only three episodes in the only critique i have for this latest episode was i don't know how reva managed to beat leia to the pilot to kill him and was waiting there for him yeah, for, for her. That's the yeah. other part I don't I don't get yet. A little so bit funny. Hopefully, hopefully that that'll be better explained in um, the next episode. But that's the only part where I was like, "How did she get ahead?" Mm. I don't. But otherwise, loving it. Force powers. Hashtag force powers. Well, uh, yeah, we're getting episode four. For us, it's a day and a half away from when we're recording this episode. Uh, for me, it's going to be two and a half days because, uh, like I joked about in our first episode, that night when it premiered, uh, I had a. Brisbane Broncos game. They are my favourite team, uh, football team, sporting team in the world. And uh, I worked there, so I had absolutely all the reasons to go to the footy and not to stay home and watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tomorrow night, when episode four drops, there's State of Origin. So to anyone that knows anything about rugby league, the pinnacle. The pinnacle of the sport, and it's game one, and I'm traveling to Sydney from Brisbane to go and watch the game and uh, and work at the game, report live from the game, and uh, I'll be back on Thursday. And my in-laws are coming up for four or five days, and I'm going to have to find time to put them to bed early and sit up and watch some Obi-Wan Kenobi. So <laughs> you, sir, you have fun with uh, watching Obi-Wan just, to, um, uh, tomorrow just, night. Di- just disappear one night. Come around to my place. Just. I know. Well, I've got to, you know, I've got the thing that I've got to talk to you about, and I've got to bring that stuff to your house, and it has that to be... Thing, in, yeah, yeah, the, and, thing, the thing in the stuff and the and the that and the that yeah 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 absolutely oh, that, yeah i mean i don't i need no more excuses than that i think we've nailed it so uh anyway episode four coming up i can't believe we're already halfway through but uh here we are we've only got yeah two more weeks really of being able to talk about this as a, as a new show and then it's all done and who knows i mean maybe maybe we maybe we get more after this and they keep finding more small stories to involve him in hopefully though they don't involve princess leia i kind of want this to be a one and done with leia and uh maybe has other things i mean yeah. you know Actually, that was a fun little bit of trivia before we go too. Um, one of the other things people were saying, they're going, "Oh wow, geez, Obi Wan Kenobi ages a lot between like now and A New Hope." <laughs> yeah. Ewan McGregor is ten years younger than Alec Guinness was when he filmed A New Poor Hope. Oh shit! No way. Yes. Wow. That is how fine ass of a man Ewan McGregor is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, as you would say about many many men, I would climb him like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> And hang on to that luscious beard of his. Oh, uh, I want the outfit. I'd like, fuck the normal Jedi robes. I want his non-Jedi Jedi robes that he was wearing in, a, <laughs> in this episode. So oh, cool. and just on that, somehow that reminded me because I was like, oh, yeah, he's a Jedi out on the run and he hasn't got, you know, access to, to better tunics. We do have to go. 
So let's put a deposit down for episode four. We might not have anything fresh to talk about, but next week, you know what else we need to talk about? One word from episode three. Quinlan. (laughs) (laughs) Quinlan occasionally helps out, that woman says, and it's like, does that mean we're going to see him in this or do we get saved up for another one or is he in some other show that we're going to get? Like, don't just drop Quinlan Voss from the Clone Wars that we only really saw for a couple of episodes then he pops up in a mm. book of his own and maybe a couple of comics. Like and he's in the not background a, of Phantom Menace. He's not a massive character and then you go nah. and name drop him in the middle of a limited yeah. series. Don't you dare toy with our hearts. If, if I had a lightsaber within arm's reach, you would hear it ignite if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> Alright, we'll put that down as a deposit. Maybe we'll have more to talk about in episode four. I doubt it, but uh, maybe by the end of the season. Fingers anyway, crossed. Anyway, yeah, so uh, if you're listening to a for the first time for Across the Galaxy, our first episode. Kind of a weird one to go back because if you've just listened to us talk about episodes one, two, and three, you really wouldn't want to go back and listen to episode one where we talk about what episode one, two, and three might be. But, uh, you know, it's there if you're a, uh, a creature of, uh, you know, chronological order and uh, and crossing off things and uh, listening to everything. So that's there. And uh, we'll be back uh, for episode three of Across the Galaxy next I was going to say next week, next time, because it drops tomorrow. So, yeah. uh, happy obi wanning No? That doesn't really work. Happy Kenobi-ing. Kenobi kidding me. No, I don't know. I don't know. We should have worked on this earlier. Yeah. We'll work it up for next time. So, next time we're going <laughs> to talk about Quinlan, and we're going to come up with a better out. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Get into geek. What have you become? I am what you made me.